Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Or do you really know what you're talking about? Hello, and welcome to episode five, where we take our first look at the fifth doctor. And it might be this is the point where Ian and I's view uh, views start to separate. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting because again, we we've not really discussed anything. I mean, you know, I like Colin Baker and that, but we've not really discussed anything. Peter Davison, he's, he's almost the forgotten doctor for us. I mean, we just he never comes up in conversations. <laughs> Not in our conversations, no. definitely, definitely. What's your take on him then? And then I'll tell you my take on him before well, we get started. So I, I had given up on Doctor Who, as, as you know, um, in the uh, Nightmare of Eden. That was the, the story that pushed me over the edge, and I didn't bother watching it after that. So I saw none of uh, season 18, but then I came back for the Five Doctors season, and I thought, oh, yeah, classic Doctor Who, we never see that, let's watch some of that. And then that went into Castro Valva, which was uh, Peter Davison's first one. And I started watching again. <coughs> and it was weirdly, it went over to weeknights. Um, like, I don't know whether it was Monday or Tuesday or Tuesday and Wednesday, but it was, it was sort of weeknights. And uh, started watching it. And um, I was enjoying it. I thought, OK, this is, this is much more serious than when Tom was doing it. I mean, I'm enjoying it. But it didn't really click for me until this story that we're talking about now. And this was the one where I sort of went, this is Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. This is what I remember Doctor Who, pseudo-historicals. Yay! Um, but I really like Peter Davison. I, I liked him at the time. Um, Anne loves him. She, she thinks he's like one of the best. Um, I love his Doctor. I think some of the stories were a bit ropey. And that, that was down a bit to, uh, to the production team and, and down a fair bit to uh, the mm-hmm. script editor. Mm-hmm. Eric Saywood, <laughs> who I have a complicated relationship to. Um, not in real life, of course. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I, I love Peter Davison's Doctor. And everything I've seen of Peter Davison, like in commentaries, and I've met him a few times, and he, he comes, he, he's such a brilliant guy. He's so funny, so quick-witted, and so dedicated to his craft. So when you watch his commentaries, or you listen to his commentaries, you don't really watch it, um, he's knowledgeable about every part of, of what's happening. And I don't think it's that... I think he, he, he is just interested in it. He's, he, he's almost acting like a fan himself, but he's, he's wonderfully uh, sarcastic, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. His doctor wasn't really... Uh, and there is a, a fan sort of thing that he's the wet doctor, isn't he? He's the forgotten doctor. But I really like... I think he, he re-energised the show. I think the fact that it had like, you know, a life after Tom Baker, no matter what you think of that life, is pretty much down to Peter Davison. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. Um, my my case is that, yeah, like you, uh, uh, by the time he came along, I practically, 
practically yeah. given up on Doctor Who. I stayed a bit longer than you. I stayed to State of Decay. I think State of Decay was yeah. the last one that I enjoyed. But I, I, I was giving up on it because, of course, at the same time, we had Blake 7, didn't yes, we? And, did. and I, I was getting my sci-fi fix from Blake 7. And I was really only came back during the Peter Davison years. As far as I can remember, I, I only revisited the show whenever one of the big baddies was yeah. coming back. Or something about it, you know, looked quite appealing. Okay. So did you did you watch Peter Davison from his first episode, or did yeah. you come in? You did. I gave it a go. I gave it a go. Yeah. I was there. I was there for you know Logopolis, and I was there at re- the regeneration. Yeah. After that, it all goes a bit hazy for me, mm. and this is very um, uh, evident with the visitation. Looking back on it now, trying to remember, I really can't remember. If, if I watched them or watched the first couple and then forgot about them or just didn't watch them. Yeah. Um, so how old would you have been in? 81, what was that, 81? Yeah. I right. was, it, was, it was crossover 81, 82, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, well, I, I, I was 19, then 20. Yeah. You so know, you had but, other interests probably on the Monday. Yes, Tuesday, very much right? so. Yeah. Yes, yes. There, there might be, yeah, yeah my, my, uh, my Ford Capri. Yeah. Um, out in, about in, your Ford Capri. in my Ford Capri, but uh, the problem I always had with the Fifth Doctor is visually I didn't like him because I think visually that outfit that he wore I think that's the very first time the Doctor's wearing a costume rather than an outfit. Yeah, I think I think because it started. I mean, this was a JNT thing that he wanted them to wear easily merchandisable costumes so and i hate that yeah i yeah I, i'm not a great fan of that i think there was um there was a comment on one of the doctor who facebook pages so someone had one of the new who fans had gone back and started watching doctor who from the beginning and they were complaining of all the um all the sort of uh, um errors where people's clothes would change and it's like no back then people would change their clothes yes yeah between scenes sometimes depending <laughs> on if it, you know um but yeah I, I i i agree that like i was never a great fan i've i've come i've come to sort of like it a bit more tom baker's final uh costume designed by the ever lovely uh june hudson um and i can appreciate that but at the time i didn't like it because i felt the same thing it's like no, this is this isn't clothing. This is a uniform. This is something a superhero yes. would wear. And then when Peter Davison took over, I really like his costume, but it just annoys me when people say, "Oh, it's an Edwardian cricketer costume." You find any <laughs> illustration of a cricketer wearing that? It's made up. It's like the Edwardian roadster, Bessie. No, it's not. Right. Um, yeah, no cricketer in their the right mind ever wore this get up. But I do like it. I think. Because, I, I mean, I got married in it, as, as you probably know. <laughs> so I must have liked it. Um, it's, Can I, we just I, say yeah. you were wearing the, the, the outfit? It wasn't a marquee that was you know, a huge marquee that happened to look like his outfit. No, no, no. I was in... Yeah, I got married in, in his trousers, yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> they were very baggy. Uh, no, I, I, when we were getting married, we decided to, we'd, that we'd have fun. We, weren't gonna, we were going to get married and have the wedding for ourselves, not for anyone else. So... So I was dressed as uh, Peter Davison's Doctor Who, and um, Anne came down to the Imperial March down the aisle. So it was a good one. It was a fun one. Um, but uh, yeah, I've always liked this costume. I think having having made one, it's um, it's really well thought out and put together. But it is a costume. It is a costume. I mean, yeah, I, at least between seasons, Peter Davison would change his trousers. Mm. Which uh, I, I'm, I'm, I bet all the TARDIS occupants were glad of. Um, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, this is this is the beginning of of Doctor Who is a superhero. This is John Nathan Turner all yeah. the way yeah. through. He he permeates Doctor yes, Who he does. In, in, fr- yeah. fr- from here on in, and it it's an associate. Now I know he was a great showman. I mean, really, yeah. he was a variety producer wasn't yes, he, he was, and everything yeah. was about promotion and publicity etc 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 and you know it permeates Doctor Who from now on and it's a it's an area that I really didn't care for and it was one of the things that put me off Doctor Who the outfit was one of them the bloody stupid question mark lapels I know Tom Baker yeah. had them yes. before Peter Davison um, but the other thing about the fifth Doctor is you're absolutely, I was going to mention it, absolutely right. Peter Davison, as a person, is brilliant. I mean, yes. you know, I've, I bought the visitation for doing this show tonight, and it's got a ton of extras on it. Yeah. And when he goes back to BBC Television Centre, you know, with Janet Fielden and, and Mark Strickson, brilliant, charismatic, yeah. funny, yeah, witty. Yeah, he's witty, he's quick, he's genuinely intelligent. He's a yeah. very intelligent man. Um, he runs rings round pretty much everyone else on the show at that point. Yeah. For for but, we, but whenever I think about the Fifth Doctor, and this is what has put me off of you know buying yeah. Fifth Doctor stories, is this he, the, the character that he is portraying? You know, this very earnest character. That his delivery. My my, my memory of Fifth Doctor is he's always breathless, yes. pr- prone to go in high pitched. Um, you know, just squeaking around, very breathless and everything, and it really wasn't for me. Yeah, um, you're, you're right. The word earnest does describe his doctor. Everything, certainly in his first two years, everything is is portrayed 100% earnestly. Mm. Um, I think in his final year, when he knew he was leaving, he relaxed into it. Mm. And his final year, his doctor is much more relaxed, much more... Yeah, everything's not breathless. In fact, mm. that, that sums up the whole JNT era. Everyone's running about. Mm-hmm. It? There's, no, there's no sort of standing around talking. Everyone's running down a corridor. Because yeah. this is the, the classic. Everyone sort of thinks, oh, Doctor Who corridor. And it's, it's really this. You look back on, uh, on like John Pertwee, Tom Baker. And that, there's not that many corridors in Doctor Who. This is the, the yeah. era that defined the running up and down corridors mm-hmm. um, sort of idea of Doctor Who. But yeah, I, again, like most of the latter Doctors, I wish they'd let him play it as himself. Yes, yes. Um, Colin Baker's the same, although Colin Baker and the Sixth Doctor pretty much the same mm. person. Yeah. Um, Sylvester McCoy, certainly. But you're right, JNT, unlike previous eras where you... you Doctor Who would have a, a, a constantly rotating, rotating, is that the word I'm looking for? A constantly changing uh, series of producers. And while the producer and the script editor would shape the program, they they didn't. It wasn't their DNA through all of mm. it. Uh, and J and T come along, and like you'd say, he's very much a. He wanted to be a variety producer. There's a, an absolutely brilliant documentary so poignant and sad looking at JNT's life on the new Blu-ray set and it's it's I watched it a couple of weeks back when it came out and it at the end of it it's about two hours long it's really like goes into his entire life and his death and everything and you feel I feel so sorry for the man that he was trapped not only by by his surroundings but he was trapped by his own personality 
Mm-hmm. It's really, it's a, it's, you, you do look at his stuff in a different light. Um, I don't think he was a particularly good drama producer at all. Um, he he had a weird uh, thing where he hated writers because the writers would often be much cleverer than him. Mm. So he he would want writers that he could uh, he could influence, um, and it it meant that the writers were generally not particularly good. Um, <coughs> it, it's such a weird period where the making of the program is much more interesting than the stories yes, yes, that, are, yeah. that are on screen and um, yeah Davidson I, I think because the visitation is Eric Saywood's story and Eric Saywood came on as the script editor and like I say I think his, his he's managed to make a few stories much better than they could be visitation, earth shock, things like that but he very rapidly run into the 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 listening to the fans and he he wasn't he was no longer doing things for the right reasons mm. um, i think you know there's again another figure that that stomps large over the jnt era is uh, ian levine mm. um so he was a, an unofficial uh expert to guide them and i think he he brought disastrous harm to the program. No, you should never let the fans run the show. No, no. Um, I, I don't think it works because because if you're if you're aiming it at what a fan wants, you're not aiming it at what a general audience wants. Usually, there's been a few a few things where they've hit it correctly, but but generally, yeah, fans fans are the worst people because no matter what you do, they'll never be happy. Hmm. Um, I mean, it, you can probably remember in in this era it went from JNT is God to JNT should oh, bugger off yep. and die. Yep, you know. Yep, I remember it well. Yeah, yeah. What was your, what was it your magazine Dwub? Dwubba, Dwubba. yeah, Dwubba, <laughs> DWB. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's such a such a weird era. Um, but this this particular story, this was the one where because I'd enjoyed weirdly enjoyed Castrovalva, even though you watch it now, there's very little happens in it. And I, I really enjoyed Kinder, but I, I could tell there was more intelligent things going on in that than I could understand. And I felt a bit like it was being, it was, I was being put down. Mm. It was too, too clever. Um, there was a couple of forgetful stories. And then this one come along and it was like, uh, oh my God, this is, this is Doctor Who that I remembered. And I was sort of, I, I was back into, into being a fan at that point. And it, it sort of, it was a few wobbly areas after that, but. Hmm. Yeah, I, I know I owe that to Peter Davison, I think. It, it, like I said at the beginning, I think this is where our views are diverging yes. a bit. And, you know, because as I say, I mean, before we did this podcast, if somebody had said, what do you think about the Fifth Doctor? I would have said everything I said. And yeah. I can, thinking about him, I, 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 I think, in fact, I know that I enjoyed the Fifth Doctor more in the comic strips that were yes. out at the same time than what was happening on the TV, you know? Um, so, before we, we we start off uh, today, a couple of questions before we get into the visitation. Um, the Fifth Doctor, where would you place him in your rating of the Doctors? Because at the moment you go yeah. one, four, three, two, don't you? I would go one, four, three, two, five. I think. So you're sticking five yeah. on the end. Yeah, yeah that's I, exactly I, what I've done. Yeah, I enjoy it, but it pretty much 
other than other than the anomaly that is uh, Colin, <laughs> pretty much every every doctor after Tom Baker is on is good, but on a lower right a lower platform. That's probably spoilers for the future. But. All right, okay. And uh, a question I ask you each time now: um, yep. what what combination of companions work best for you with the Fifth Doctor? This this is women because this again J and T's weird idea was to fill the TARDIS with companions. Um, so I th- I th- I think and he did he wasn't with her for long. But I think um, I I liked Peter Davison when he was in his one story with just Perry, which is ironically probably Peter Davison's best story ever. It's his last one. Um, but I really liked uh, Peter Davison, Turlow, and uh, Tegan. I think that worked. That was a good a good group in. I really liked um, Mark Strickson as Turlo. I thought he was he brought a a much needed um, sense of of decent dramatic acting to the show. Um, what about yours? What yeah? No, I, I would say that because to... yeah, up until this point, I've got very few Peter Davison DVDs. Yeah, and doing this podcast is a good excuse to actually go out and like the visitation. Um, if I'd seen that in HMV, I most probably would have gone straight past it and then found a John Pertwee that I didn't have yeah. or whatever, you know. So this is a good exercise for me to actually, you know, fill in some of my, you know, missing history. And, yeah, um, one of the existing Peter Davisons I've got is the Dalek one. And, yeah, that is a good combination. Yeah. You, you know, Turlow, Tegan and the yeah, Doctor. Yeah, I think they, yeah. they work well. I think, yeah. I think two is the maximum number of companions. I mean, as much as I like... Uh, J.D. Whittaker's run so far. There's too many companions. You, you well, can't, that's a you problem can't with this story to... tonight, isn't oh, it? There's too many yeah. companions. You've got Nyssa yeah. literally just in the TARDIS doing nothing for yeah. an awful lot of the time. Well, that's why, I mean, in the end, she want, uh, uh, Sarah Sutton wanted to leave, didn't she? Because they kept doing this. It's like, oh, where, where's Nyssa? Oh, she's asleep. Mm. Where's, where's Nyssa? Oh, she's watching telly. <laughs> yeah, it, it got... And again, you... You you just cannot have that many plot lines going. Well, no. you can, but not in Doctor Who. No, it's it's just that the format doesn't support that that number. So you either pair people up, um, and then you end up very rapidly. It's a a, a a poor sort of writer's crutch of you. Then have two teams of two that are constant. One's going, what's that? And the other one's explaining it. It's very yes. very poor writing and. Uh, the writing during Peter Davison's era would occasionally be superb, but mostly was mediocre and sometimes just abysmal. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's a great shame that it seemed to be people had forgotten how to write for Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. So here, here we go. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about the visitation. And now, because, as I say, uh, I bought this. I watched it. I have no recollection whatsoever of ever watching this before. That's weird. I wonder if you did. But you remember old Flappy Lips, don't you? Yes, but like I said, I, 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 it's in the documentaries where yeah, you see Doctor Who and, yeah. and, and monsters, and sometimes it's mocked because of the Flappy Lips. And no, you nothing know? came back while you were watching it? Not oh. one thing came back at all. How weird. So and you've because got a new that, story to watch. It's a brand new story, yeah. a brand new Doctor Who story from the 80s for me. It's almost like a, a lost story had been found yeah. wow. now be- because of all that because i'm practically watching it for the first time i thought 
what I, I would do when I did watch it for the first time was I was making notes as it unfolded. Yeah. All right. And what I thought we'd do is we'll go through the notes as we go. Yeah. yeah all right. Okay. That's good. Um, because this, what I'll read out is exactly what I wrote down while I'm um, uh, watching it. Okay. Yeah. And before I watched it, I didn't do any research. I did all my research and looking online about it afterwards because I didn't want it to influence any of my opinions, all right? So, off we go then, right? So, my first thing I say say is opening credits sums up everything I dislike about this era. Yeah, so that's that's our first departure. I I rather like the Davison credits. No, Um, I don't. I can't abide it. (laughs) I think the... the, um... The, the the re the rejigged theme, well rewritten completely theme. Um I, I I really like this one. I don't know whether it's because I sort of grew up with it as well. Um but yeah I like that. I like the start I mean compared to what came later this is positively yeah. uh positively restrained. I've put <laughs> We're here on a f- bad footing already we, we are we've yeah. got off well aren't we I've put here flashy, noisy and no substance. Yeah, yeah. Is that the titles or the JNT? That, I'm still on the titles. Yeah. <laughs> but like I say, it could, could sum up what I think about JNT. Yes, yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Right, the next bit I've put is a medieval house and then exclamation mark, Egrorian. Yeah, Egrorian's back. I so, had no yeah. idea he was in this. Yeah, he doesn't last long, which is strange because he was a, he was a major known actor at the time. So... I, I I don't know whether he came on just as a you know did a, a couple of minutes work as a guest, but remember this this is that this is the weird era of Doctor Who where everything was filmed like a play on one day. Mm. Um, so they had him in the studio. I mean he's he's really good. I love this opening sequence because I this is one of my favourite time periods ever. I love I love the uh, sort of sixteen hundreds. Um, I'm very much a big fan of the. It sounds bizarre. I'm a big fan of the uh, the Civil Black War. Death. Yeah, oh, okay. Black <laughs> Death. Well, the, the Black Death. Yeah, it, it's made a comeback, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> so I love this this period, and this. I'm happy to say that that and and Eric Sayward loves this period as well. So, I mean, because obviously you'll probably get to it behind the scenes that that Richard Mace is a character that existed already and then mm-hmm. appeared in radio shows, um, and this era was something. It, it's one of and you can tell. Almost every detail is correct. They, I mean, the fit, the thing that got me, and it was like, oh, thank God, is they load and fire the flintlock weapons correctly. <laughs> They're not multi-firing or firing it when it's not even cocked or bits of flint missing. You know, that's made me a happy man. Yeah. And because I don't know anything about this story, and because it is John Savadon, yeah, I figured he was going to turn up yeah. later on. You know, and yeah. so it was a real shock, and you'll you'll find that when I get to my yeah. notes later on that that this scene with him with his family and the butler, that's all we ever see of them. Yeah, which is a shame because they're three lovely characters. Yes, you know, yes. And, and and they use the word posset, posset, which yeah. you don't hear anymore, do yeah. you? Any anyone that has a a hot posset before he goes to bed, he's all right in my book. Yeah, I'll have my posset yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, it says strange lights in the sky. Is that supposed to be a crashed ship? Looks like a shed. Yes, the first time you see it. Yeah, it, it's it's meant to be a crashed spaceship. It's more because um, they use like yeah the fireworks and things like that, isn't it? It's not again not not the most convincing of uh, of spaceship crashes. 
Gardens. No, no. Like I say, it looks like a garden shed. Um, but this is very similar to Time Warrior, of course. This yeah. whole beginning sequence, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, the next thing I've put is, everything looks good. Family get attacked by a heavy breather. Yeah. All good until a spangly robot. And then there's lots of question marks after that. Yeah, so, so yeah, so the, uh, an unseen uh, heavy breather <laughs> breaks into their house. They they kill him. Isn't it lovely to see a monster that can die? Oh, mm. made, made my day that. Um, they really good little battle scene. Um then something else that's bigger and badder breaks through the door. Now, I, I, I think we'll disagree again. I love You're this not. robot. No, because because it's like the robots of death. Why, why would a robot need to be a Terminator? If you were making a robot that you're going to be around all the time, you'd make it a bit snazzy, wouldn't you? I think they go slightly over top in the color scheme, but it's alien, you know. Well, Eric's. Sayward says that in his script he said it's a beautiful android and yep. he meant beautiful <coughs> simple classical design a sort of like you know you know in the five doctors where you've got that assassin robot or whatever yep. and it's just a plain shape he meant something like that but whoever read that went beautiful and they just went off to the hobby shop and got yep. lots of sticky he's, sticky he's gems been be- he's been bejazzled hasn't he this robot. he is bejazzled See, i, I... Oh. I don't. I think it's all right, and I, 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 think I quite like that. I don't know whether I've just got more mellow in my. I didn't like it as when it was first art. I thought, oh, it's not serious, and I was one of those horrendous fans that wanted everything to be serious. I think and that now was I, me. Well, yeah, probably. I, I now appreciate whimsy, and I appreciate, I appreciate this sort of thing. I think it, it teeters dangerously close to being silly. But I think they, the way they handle the robot actually brings it back from that, that edge. It's like, it's a lovely looking but slightly silly robot, but it's bloody lethal. It's, mm. yeah, I, I, I'm okay with it. Uh, the cricketing gloves could have done with that. Stop See, using cricketing gloves. I, I have got a feeling that um, this may be the point. Maybe I did yeah. watch this and it, I got as far as this robot and it's like, yeah. nope, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm turning over. Um, Oh dear. Um, so from that we go to the TARDIS and we've got Adric. Uh, yeah, that would be uh, the point most people would turn on. Yeah, I've got Adric, oh dear. Yeah, um, I don't, straight I mean, after it. I mean, from what I can see, uh, Matthew Warthouse is a very nice man. Um, had some very bizarre uh, things going on behind the scenes. Uh, but he, he can't act. No. I'm sorry, he cannot act. He can't act. No. Um, I've got here, nice to see Peter not so breathless, because my, yeah. my, my memory of him is he is always breathless. He's breathless yeah. in that Dalek one, one, one of the few Peter Davison's I, I, I own. Perhaps he was just very unfit. It might, it might be, yeah. yes. Um, and is Tegan meant to be going home? I know she doesn't. Yes, yeah, so, so uh, early on the running, I don't even call it running jokes, it wasn't very funny, was that Tegan wanted to go home. She, she quite sensibly up to a point, didn't want to travel with the Doctor, which in real life, of course, everyone goes, oh, if the Doctor turns up at my door, I'd run out. No, he wouldn't. He's always putting you in danger, and yeah. your life's horrendous. So she quite sensibly wants to go home. So he, so the Fifth Doctor's always promising to get her home. But the trouble is they, they slightly overuse it a bit, in that it's used as a, a way, it's a plot device to kick the adventure off. Uh, and the one time she does get the chance to leave and go home, she immediately comes back mm. the next season and gets back on board the TARDIS. Um, 
but yeah, he, he's trying to get home. He's trying to find Heathrow. Well, he finds Heathrow. He's, right, yeah. he's just 300 years too early, yeah. isn't he? Which is, yeah. again, a lovely... I, some, some, again, some lovely uh, Eric Saywood uh, dialogue. He could write. He could write dialogue. He could write dialogue very well. Um, in that, you know, she says you're you're like a, a broken watch. No, yeah. I, I, the time lord's worse than a broken watch because a broken watch is right at least twice a day. Twice a day, yeah. yeah. Brilliant yeah. stuff. Yeah, I yeah, like no, that's good. I know she gets she gets a bit great in after a while, but I do like her, and I think Janet Fielding was very uh, very underused. No, I like her. Yeah. I've, I, I've always liked Tegan. Um, I like the fact that she's gobby. You yeah. know, and, and, and has an opinion. Um, next thing I, is I put, they go outside, cliche companion, doctor, and pointing, because that's Nissa. She goes, doctor, yeah. and points, uh, because she can see some, you know, some locals down the it's road. Al- it's also one of those that seems to happen in Doctor Who a lot. The, I'll point at something that hasn't yet happened. And then seems, it happens. And then it happens, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, really, yeah. the doctor should go. What the hell are you pointing at? I mean, she might. She's not human. She might have better eyesight than us. It could be. Could yes. Be. Yeah. Sulfur burners. I've got yeah. sulfur burners. They're sulfur burners. Again, a nice uh, historically accurate touch. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. I, I I like the Middle Ages. You know, I yeah. like the squalor and the and the hideousness of the Middle Ages. Um. Then I've got Arthur up a tree. Ah. Oh. My, one of my favourite supporting characters ever. This this should be destined to be car crash TV. This is Arthur from On the Buses yep. playing a, a Han Solo esque rogue. Mm-hmm. Um, he's brilliant. He is superb in this. The surprise of the visitation for me is yeah. how good he is. He is amazing. Because yeah, yeah. he They'll, is Arthur. We the amount yeah, of times yeah. of Blake Seven in character and even Mad Max in yeah. character we've we mentioned got gone back to on the buses and Arthur. Yeah. Anyone I mean, in my mind age knows Arthur and Olive, don't yeah. In my mind he is yeah. Arthur, you know, yeah. this guy is Arthur. I, I in fact I don't think I've seen him in anything else. But no, he's terrific in this. Yeah, he he's is super- really, really good. Uh, yeah, Richard Mace, again, this this was a, a character that already existed, Eric Sayward's one of Eric Sayward's characters. And one of Eric Sayward's unfortunate weaknesses, which isn't that prevalent here, but does get more prevalent, is he has no interest in the doctor or the companions. No he, mm. he said in interviews, couldn't care less about them. So gradually his his stories and the stories he script edited become where the doctor and the companions are secondary characters uh, that explains Lytton yeah. then in yeah that exactly Dalek one. yeah again it, so he would and and as a writer you understand this that you've got mo- much more you've got much more involvement and you want to put effort into your characters you don't want to use other characters but as a script editor that's an atrocious attitude mm. to take and mm. this was this is what i say i got very very mixed feelings towards um eric saywood he on one hand he's in interviews now he comes across and he's he's a very intelligent bloke and he says all the correct things but then he didn't apply them when he was doing a job now he says that that all the bad stuff was uh uh jnt and that you know no I'm, I'm, if that's the case you should have quit yeah you know mm. So I, I think he's yeah I think he's a very very competent writer I don't think he's a particularly great script editor but Richard Mace is just a, a superb so he appeared in a couple of um, radio dramas mm. that Eric Sayward scripted not not anything science fiction he was a historical character and you can tell he's it, all the effort in this episode is put into Richard Mace and to be fair to um, Arthur uh, he uh, 
he grabs it and runs with it and he puts so much effort in which is amazing because <coughs> behind the scenes he hated doing this he thought it was beneath him that the program was beneath contempt that the writing was terrible um so so the fact that he comes out so well i mean that's a tribute to his professionalism yeah you know yeah. and his acting skill you know, he's yeah. a talented man wasted it on the buses yes yeah, yeah. um when he starts talking, I've written down here, whose voice does he remind me of, right? And later on in my notes, it fly, finally dawns on me. His vocal delivery is almost identical to Freddie Jones in The Elephant Man. You're, yeah, you're very, you're very right on that. Yeah, it, it was is. bugging me. It's like, who yeah. do you sound like? Who do you sound like? And then it's like, yeah. it's Freddie Jones it, in The Elephant it, Man. Yeah, it's that very deliberate way of speaking the yeah, thespian yeah. voice isn't it it's all yeah. like this uh, you know yeah, yeah yeah um and it seems the plague has got worse since a comet a few weeks ago yes well and, comet, and comets were harbingers of doom weren't they um, they were back then well uh, the original the original name for a comet is a disaster isn't yeah. it because yeah. the star bit in disaster is star it's terrible star or you, you know something like yeah. that yeah and i've got arthur has an alien necklace Yes. And then I've got Peter's Quite Bearable. Yeah, I think, yeah, Peter Davison had, had really fell into the role at this point. He it's a surprise watching this yeah. story. I, I was expect, expecting to be irritated by him yeah. because I've got, just got decades of memories yeah. of him I, being. I'm, I'm, it makes me happy that you weren't. No, no, no. I was yeah. very surprised because I was going into it expecting it, yeah. you know. Um, and maybe, you know, when we come back to Fifth Doctor stories, maybe I will be irritated. But all through yeah. this, there's a couple of times he does the breathless bit. I'll point them out. But right now, you know, we're coming to the towards the end of episode one. And, you know, no, no, I, I, I'm enjoying him. Yeah. Um, although it does end with that terrible cricket glove with all the children's jewels on it. Yeah, so this is, again, this is a... a one of Eric Sayward's uh, not greatest uh, traits is he's not great at plotting. So we we rapidly get into, even this early in the story, we rapidly get into the convenience, the deus ex machina way of writing. So it's, just, it's convenient that Richard Mace has an alien artifact around his head that alerts and lets the script run that, oh, he's, there's an alien presence here. Then it's convenient that in that particular barn they find... Uh, uh, power cell i think that's in yeah. the next episode. uh yeah there's lots and lots of convenient happenings in this story which i'm okay with but it is uh, again a, a harbinger perhaps it's, it's the comic was correct it's a harbinger of things to come yeah yeah i mean i mean this is you know a, another example is you know the cliffhanger is the cricket glove locking the yes. door locking them in they're at the top yeah. of the stairs and you've just got a brick wall at the bottom and it's doctor yeah. and that's how it ends and Episode 2 starts with them going through a fake wall. It's not a real wall. The yeah. doctor's there. But they don't mention that somebody's just locked them in. No, the, 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 uh, the recaps are really weird in this story. Mm. In that some of them are really long. And then others just don't match. Very, very much like Hartnell and Troughton. That, that we're so used to the recap just being the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's Again, it's... They not a lot happens in episode two, does it? It's it's very much with we're one episode in and the store is sort of treading water. Yeah. Um, because the next bit, I mean, this cloak figure yes. unlocks the door. 
so why lock it in the first place? Yeah. Well, it was to give a cliffhanger, wasn't it? Oh, I suppose. Yeah. It comes down, it goes into that room. So we've got this cloaked figure in this room. Yeah. You've got a terrible video effect of Tegan getting shot. And then, I've got this all written down. This cloaked figure just stands there while the actors move to their next position. Then it walks to the machine and does nothing and then finally shoots as the Doctor leaves. It's really yeah, terribly staged. It is. And the, I suppose what's really weird is <coughs> they had more than enough time to rehearse this, but they wouldn't have had much time to block it out in the studio. Mm. Um, and action scenes in most of J&T's era are not great. I mean, the BBC was never great. But but you look back on the, like, the days of Havoc and John Pertwee and... And it's it's like a, a you know the the best action film compared to you know the Women's Guild reenactment. Um, <laughs> it's yeah the, the 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 staging and the fights are not great. And of course they they wouldn't have had time to re-record it. It would have been bad luck. Yeah. Hmm. And the robot takes its cloak off. Um, yes. So now we see its face and everything, and you know I, I've got to disagree with you. I know I, I think he looks terrible, terrible. Um, but it goes into this control room. Uh, absolutely not. I don't think I've ever seen anyone. No, I don't think him. I have. There's not. No. I mean, no. Who could afford that many Bajazzle uh, kits? Yeah, in, indeed. And I've never seen a Terry Liptal either. No, that's true. Actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you'd think no. someone would do it. No, I mean, you know, if all, all the, the vast amount of monsters that you could have in Doctor Who, I don't yeah. think Terry Liptal is um, um, very high up on someone's list, do you? Um, well, I mean, he was he was much touted at the time. And at the time, this was like the, the first usage of animatronics in Doctor Who. It was state-of-the-art animatronics yeah, was as well, wasn't it? You've yeah. got to remember, around this time, we, they were also getting bowled over by Zaphod Beeblebrox's Second head. Other head. Yes, which, true. Yeah. Yeah. So That's exactly so th- the same time. Yeah. It is, yeah. So this was uh this this was like this was something that Doctor Who fans would have would have touted to their Star Trek brethren to go, look, we've got good effects. Look what we've done. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Big surprise next, because it goes into a control room and there's those aliens floor tiles. Yeah. On the wall. Yeah. We, we've now we've discussed these on Blake Seven, yeah. haven't we? On the Blake we, Seven yeah. in character, wherever they got them from, they obviously had a huge job lot of them because there yeah. we got the aliens. They get floor used tiles. in everything, yeah. So, so it was. I mean, they were using Hitchhiker as well. Yeah, there's another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <coughs> and we see bits of our bad guy, old Terry, yes. today, don't we? We've seen some yeah. bendy claws. Yeah, it's the classic Doctor Who. Don't reveal everything straight away. No. Um, no, you see bendy claws, yep. you can see it's very plastic scales, and it's very obvious. You don't see him fully yet, but you can tell the guy is just talking through a mask. Yeah, this is, this is a, a, again, a, a product of, doc, of television, at well, the BBC, let's not say television, because ITV certainly didn't operate this way. Um, so there was, there was no sort of post-production time. So, so everything was done in, in camera, so the video effects were done as the people were acting it, which is why half the time the beams don't match or, like you said, mm. is terrible lead in action. Because they've got to overlay in real time the the effects work. And part of this was that it's much easier to have an actor talk through a microphone than it is to to have someone mouthing the words off screen. And the Cybermen suffer from this. 
Mm. So the same in Earthshock, and again, brilliant story, Earthshock. Um, beforehand, the Cybermen, the actors, would just open their mouths, open their slots, and someone yeah. off screen would speak the words into a, a, a ring modulator, um, which is how they do the Daleks and that now, mm. but that's more for old time's sake and to give Nick Briggs a, a job. Um, but But they decided that it's easier to have the actor doing the words because you're saving the cost of someone else doing it and and michael melia was you know he was a, a, a i won't say he was a hugely well-known actor but he was a competent actor so you use the person that's doing it but that does mean that it sounds like he's speaking through a bucket mm. yes it's not good no. um my next bit i've got oh dear peter's getting breathless and squeaky voiced yeah, he does. Uh, he does it a few times, but yes, it's not all and the then times. I, no, but then I've got there. He is. No build-up, no tension. He just waddles on. I guess yeah. I'm talking about Terry now. Well, I was hoping you weren't talking about Peter Davison. That's yes, <laughs> Adric possibly. Uh, yeah, so Terry wanders on. Um, like most Doctor Who monsters, the legs let them down. Yeah. You know, Azabi looks all right from the waist up. Yeah, and this this guy looks okay walking. from the waist up, but yeah, watch him walk, and it's like, oh dear. Yeah, um, I've written down here: terrible lips, terrible teeth, a head made up of cut-up plastic bags, totally plastic, dumpy body. See, I, again, I think the Terraleptors are quite a good design. Um, oh, wait I until like, we get yeah. to the voting at the end. Oh, this God, is going to be interesting. Yeah, be interesting. <laughs> I, I've always liked them. I thought, again, perhaps perhaps because because I've got the rose-tinted spectacles on that I remember at the time. As Doctor Who fans, we were quite proud of this. This is something you would have, if you were lucky enough to have a VHS machine, you could have taped this and shown it to your family, and you wouldn't be too embarrassed. But would you do that now, if they had never seen uh, it? Well, I would with Anne, yeah, she, she knows what I mean. Okay, um, all right. Yeah, I think I think this is, I think it's all right. I mean, yeah, com- compared to... Compare it to the, uh, the um, Mandrels, compare it to... Uh, no, see, I quite like the mandrels. Really? No, that's an yeah. awful design. Oh, wow, that's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. We are diverting, aren't we? Yes. Okay. In an infinite universe, both of them are, are realistically possible. Then, so. Yeah. Okay. All right. The next thing I've got is it's the shed from episode one. Hey. More aliens panels inside. It's an escape pod stripped of all its parts. Arthur's really good. Nissa's not as great in as I remember. Yeah, so so yeah, it's the shed. It reminded me very much when we watched uh, Claws of Axos the other week. That it did just you know, it's the classic bury the spaceship. You mm-hmm. don't have to have a model. Yeah. Um, it doesn't quite work on this because the angles are all wrong. Um, but yeah, so they go inside and there's more milk crates, lots of milk crates. Um, but yeah, Nissa, um, Nissa's sometimes really good, but sometimes quite annoying. And, and I think Sarah Sutton probably gave up acting halfway through her her run. Mm. But she just got nothing to do, really. No, That's no, trouble. no. Next thing I've got is te- 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 ter- it's Terry Liptals, isn't it? Terry Leptil. Terry Leptals are yep. prisoners. Is the robot its guard? Um, they. I don't think so. I think they. I could never work out whether the robot worked at the prison which is a bit strange because he's lovely. Um, or they had him 
uh, elsewhere. I don't think. I mean, he might have been a reprogrammed guard. It would have been. Uh, it would have been the most camp prison going. A prison camp. Not very good. <laughs> but yeah, did I, he make it? No. Did I, Terry well, make the robot? Because he can't. He can't even raise his arms. Yeah, I don't think so. He might have signed a contract to get a third party to make it. That's about it. Um, hmm. No, I don't think they made it. They might have done. I don't know. Hmm. Not, I don't Next think I've thing. Read anything. I, I, I've put Arthur every time he every Arthur. time he t- Arthur Arthur every time he talks yep. he turns to the camera. It's because he's a very sensible actor. Yes. Well, he's <laughs> yeah. got a wig on as well, yeah. so half the time his face is like um, covered. Yeah. But yeah, he turned to the camera to talk. Yeah. Virtually Faith every the- time. Very theatrical, I suppose that isn't it? You turn to the audience and talk. Hmm. Otherwise, we won't right. be able to hear you. Indeed. I've put, how do all these villagers get controlled? I mean, what is the mechanics of this? This ship crashes, Terry gets out. Yeah. Well, you've only, and, you've only got to control one of them and then have that one go out and, and, then control and stick the, the thing others. on the others. Yeah, uh, I, doubt, oh, I, I, doubt that, I doubt that Terry wandered, waddled about putting them on. I mean, that might, he might have done, but that seems a bit silly. Yeah, I think it's... It's like it's it's sort of a, an analog to the Black Death, isn't it? The plague that it spreads exponentially, oh, okay. as uh, as we are aware of now, mm. <laughs> as we sit in our quarantined <laughs> yes. rooms. Yes, it <laughs> says uh, Terry is talking to others on the TV. Yeah. Yes, and he's going to their base in the city. Now, now you think because you're used to um, Doctor Who being a bit cheap, so you think, oh, they've only made one. And this is why he's up. But we do let's see. There's more than one costume later on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's got friends. They they've. Uh... But how did they get to London? Did did an, another escape pod crash in London? No, I think, I think they crashed there, and then they uh, took control of the, the guy with the horse and cart, and they just they rode into London. Took and nobody saw else. these. Reptiles traveling uh, along. People were ugly then. Don't you? Well, you see later on, he, wear, <laughs> he wears a highly convincing cape. <laughs> well, yes, yeah. we'll talk about that when we get to it. I yes. say, I say, Guinevere, that man over there in the cape looks uh, <laughs> looks like a reptile, but he's wearing a cape. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh dear. Yeah. Um, I've I've got here slow and plodding. The story, not Terry. Not yeah. much happening. The Doctor and Arthur trapped. Adric and Nyssa in the TARDIS. Yeah, this is this is um, as I was saying, Eric Saywood's lack of plotting. So he he sets up great characters, some good scenarios, does nothing with it. Mm-hmm. The if if you if you distilled this down, you imagine something like Claws of Axos. I know we uh, we didn't actually like the story, it's, you know, but if you listed down everything that happens, loads of stuff's happening. In this one, not a lot happens. It's no. all it's all beautifully shot on it. This could have been a two-parter yeah. or a three-parter. It doesn't need to be a four-parter. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Eric Saywood's idea of script writing was very similar to Glenn A. Larson's. So, so Glenn A. Larson's writers would always say, whenever he wrote a script, he would write the script, and he would get to the he would get to the end of his hour-long slot, and instead of going, okay, I'll I'll to get everything else I need in, I'll start editing stuff out. He would go. End of part one, and then he mm. would do. And I think Eric say was the same. This, all of his, all of his script editing feels like it's not finished. Mm. Like someone should have said. Now, in the classic Terence Stix era, Terence Stix was always saying that whenever writers gave him a script, he would have to 
either flesh it out himself or he would have to go back to him and say, yeah, we need a second storyline or we need a B storyline or mm. we need something to happen here. Because he was he was classic old school drama script editor and Eric Sayward isn't. So, mm. yeah, not a lot happens in in pretty much most of these stories. I do feel sorry for Nissa because for pretty much all the episodes she's in the TARDIS building this thing out of Hoover parts isn't she you know which again is you know that's been put in you know that probably wasn't in the original script and they've gone well Nissa's got to do something yeah and they've just they've sort of done that we do get to see Nissa's um, bedroom we do we do it is nice to see more rooms in the TARDIS and the TARDIS corridors and things like that that's good yeah this Um, was the era of um, the TARDIS almost becoming a character Yes. Uh, rather than just a, a vehicle to get you, to get the plot started, to get mm. you from storyline to storyline. Um, which I, I quite like. I like that the TARDIS gets fleshed out. I wish they'd do it in the new Who. I yeah. wish we'd see more of the TARDIS. Yeah. Um, I've now put the robot arrives in the barn wearing his cloak and a skull mask to make him appear to be the Grim Reaper. Yes. This, I, like, I, I, I love this sequence because the skull mask is a bit cartoony. It's mm. not really scary, but I suppose they. This was the era where they didn't want to scare the kids too much. So yeah, but th- also it's a case of that's obviously Terry who made him the mask, and Terry doesn't yes. know what a human skull looks like, so you can explain it that that's way, true, can't yeah. you? Yeah, he's just guessed, um, and he's not very good at arts and crafts. No, is Terry. it does look like a papier mâché mask, doesn't it? And he's only I got love, one eye as well. He's only got one eye. I do love the scene where um, he just grabs the scythe off. Mm. The guy, and it's like, yay, the Grim Reaper. I love that. Yes, it, it, it's abroad upon the land. Yes, yes. it's not subtle, really. It's not it's... subtle at all. No, no, no. And uh, the Doctor and Arthur are taken to the mind-controlled Tegan, and yes. that's where they meet Te- um, oh, Terry himself, don't they? How do you do? I'm the Doctor. Are you in charge here? You will remain silent. Sorry, it's just I'm, I'm quite concerned about a couple of friends I left here. I've already seen Tegan, but I would like to know that the boy... Your friends is... are of no interest to me. Well, that's unfortunate, because we had intended to help you. Help me? You would help a Terralective? To get back to your own planet, yes. You must think me a fool! Not at all. Look at me, Doctor. Do you see this? This is not natural to my physiognomy. So you've been to prison. What does that matter? How do you know that? There's only one place in the universe a terraleptal can acquire such scarring. The Tinclavic Mines on Raga. And to be sentenced to Raga is always for life. Terraleptian law was never my strong point. Doctor, I am a fugitive. The last place I want to go is home. Only death awaits me there. I see your point, but there are countless uninhabited planets you could settle on. Ah, yes. To live a primitive life without grace or beauty. You're highly intelligent. You have your androids, your skills. Your way of life wouldn't remain primitive for long. But we would have no ship. And without one, we would be defenseless. Pray to any Terraleptal scout party. I can take you anywhere you want. A billion light years from your home planet, you'd never be found. No, Doctor. A barren rock in space is not an acceptable alternative. Especially when you are my prisoner and your ship is for the taking. I can't let you do that. 
You are not in a position to refuse. The TARDIS is a very temperamental machine, needing very careful handling. Oh, we shall see that it's handled with the utmost care. You didn't take very good care of your own ship. If it had not been badly damaged in an asteroid storm, it would not have succumbed to the gravitational pull of this planet. I gather its breakup made an impressive spectacle. <sighs> it cost the lives of all but myself and three of my comrades. There are only four of you. Three now. But it is enough. Against the millions who already live on this planet, you'd never establish yourselves here. You are assuming we plan to coexist. Genocide. And I, again, I, I like Peter Davison's Doctor was always, how can I help? How yeah, can that's I, what I've got yeah, here. Yeah. I love that. Rather than, kill it! It's ugly. He was always looking. I, and every time I watch this, I sort of, part of me thinks, I hope he takes his help and they... You know, they get on, but they don't. They, you know, the terror. This has been a surprise. I, I enjoyed the Fifth Doctor in this story. Good, I'm glad I, to I, hear I really it. did. Yes, to, to <laughs> say, let me help you. You know, um, because he finds out that Terry's from a prison planet, and uh, you know, it was a life sentence, yeah. and he can't go back. He doesn't want the Doctor's help. He just wants to live on Earth with his yep. mates once all the humans have been destroyed. Yeah, because it, it, it reminds me again of Blake in that we always used to say that when Blake hit a situation he, he would try and negotiate his way or yeah. or politic his way through it um, and I, I love the fifth doctor for this that he's it's always we don't have to fight we mm. could just let's just all get way. on yeah there's yeah. another way and I love that about it I, I really do yeah I've got in big bold letters Egrorian is dead. I think yeah. that's at the point when I realized that he that ain't whole li- back. that 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 whole yeah. nice little story at the beginning yeah. with, you know, uh, the posset drinking yeah. squire and his family and butler, they're all gone. They're all dead. Yeah, I mean it it probably is a cost thing. Um mm. I mean it's quite I think it it was it's, it assuming it was planned, it's quite a clever sort of psycho Janet Lee type thing that, as you thought, uh, he's a big, big actor. He's going to be back in it, and then not having back in it. But I think you needed to tell the audience in episode one that he's dead, because you can yeah, understand. You never not, find, yeah. They never find bodies at all or anything. No. There's just blast marks on the wall, aren't there? Yeah. I was expecting to see him chained up in the cellar or something. Yeah, or even like make them your first slaves, isn't it? Oh, what? Have their mind controlled? Yeah, or something. because yeah, because he was obviously a, a a prominent landowner with a bit of power and position. He's got servants and everything. You could expect that if they'd have mind controlled him, he would have then others would have trusted him and yes. come, you know, and they would get. But yeah, I, I, I think we're putting more effort into it than yes, than, than the production did. team did. Yes, yeah. yeah. I've I've now got. We keep going back to Nissa, who's building something unconvincing, and it's yeah. all very tedious. She's building a giant vibrating instrument. Yes, in a crate. in a bedroom. Yeah, which is dodgy, yes. dodgy. Yes, dodgy. And then in in exclamation marks, Terry in a cloak. Hilarious. Yes, it's it's perfect disguise. I didn't realise it's him to start with. No, no, no. Who's <laughs> that handsome fella? Yeah, and the next bit I do remember because I've seen it in lots of documentaries. The death of the sonic screwdriver. Yes, classic. And um, do you know what? I this this is this again goes to my uh, my sort of love hate relationship with Eric Sayward. He absolutely rightly said that's a crutch for writers 
get rid of it. Whereas I think JNT wanted to keep it because it's a toy you could sell. No, I yeah. saw it the other way round. I, I saw that Eric Seward was expecting in the next story to, for him to open up a drawer oh, right. and get another one out. But it was John Nathan Turner who didn't want it to come oh, that, back that, because yeah. it's too lazy in that to case, always I, rely on it. Well done, JNT. Because um, hmm. the new series, in fact, from when it came back in 2005... Um, that's the biggest problem with the new series for me. It's a magic wand. I am. Yeah. It's, it's a horror and the, like the psychic paper, and it really annoys me. So even 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 really good writers say, "Oh, it's a way to get into the action quicker." Would no, no write a better way into it or have multi-part stories if you can't. Yeah, it's it's a horrible crutch, and I, I mean. Davison's brilliant when he says it feels like you've killed an old friend. Mm. Um, but I'm glad they got rid of it. I really am. Yeah. Do you own one? Uh, yeah, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at Who's? a shelf now and I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, seven, fifteen. You haven't. I have. You got fifteen? Fifteen sonic screwdrivers dating from John Pertwee's upwards. But how can you have 15? How many variations of One Doctors have you got? Uh, so I've got John Pertwee's first Is that one. the one with the yellow and black band That's it, on yep, it? Yep. Yep. Then I've got Tom Baker's, which was just the same screwdriver, but just silver, mm-hmm. with a slightly different coloured top. Then I've got a variation on Tom Baker's one. Then I've got the Eighth Doctors, which was basically a copy that they did weirdly and wrongly of Tom Baker's. Then you've got Christopher Eccleston's one, you've got Matt Smith's one, you've got Peter Capaldi's one, you've got uh, Jodie Whittaker's one, you've got the War Doctor's one. Uh, yeah, there's there's quite a few variations. And of course, um, not bad for a prop that was uh, taken from Thunderbirds. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> what a legacy that hey, has got. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, Terry shares his plan. He's going to unleash modified rats into the populations. Yeah, a slow he, plan. But... Yeah, he's he's got thousands in the city. Yeah. So this this was a bit of a <coughs> a bit of a muddied one for me. So I wonder if the original idea was that they've been on the planet and the Black Death is entirely down to them, which is a very Doctor Who thing. But they sort of cop out, and it. it's like the Black Death already exists and is being spread by rats. Therefore, I'll spread some a, a bigger plague by rats. Hmm. It's, it's, it's what, a bit weird. I tell you what would be yeah. nice. I mean, now, I mean, you know, there's that. There's some conjecture now yes. as to whether yeah, fleas were actually, you know, responsible for the Black Death. But if they were, and they were, you know, they were thought yeah. of back back when they made this show. If Terry didn't resemble so much some sort of turtle, but a flea type creature. Yeah, that would be good. Like the that, uh, the nucleus from the Invisible Enemy. The Invisible Enemy, yeah. If it'd been something like that, yeah. then there's a... Yeah, he's, he's just yeah. genetically modified smaller versions of himself. Yeah. To, that that, that would have been interesting. That would have been good, yeah. Yeah. His, um, his reptilianness doesn't... I think this this is, again, perhaps one of those where someone made the model, made the face mask, and said, this is good, we, we need to use it in something. Because nothing else about the Terraleptils really scream that they should be reptiles, does it? No, no, it's not relevant at all, is it? I do like the fact that he's going to drive the horse and car in broad daylight to the city. He's got flippers as well, hasn't he? When he He comes out and goes to get on that car. He's going to go all the way to put in lane in London in broad daylight in this unconvincing cloak 
and no one's going to intervene. He could have at least won. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why they didn't go down the route of he can disguise himself with some sort of force field and, you know, shimmer, 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 shimmer. And he's he's John Savadon. There you go. Get him back in the program. He's yeah. play, you know, like Broton in Terror of Zygons. Yes, yeah, yeah no, get, that, that would have been really good. Yeah, that limits the use of your um, slightly unconvincing uh, animatronic face and gives gives a better... Yeah, can you imagine Peter Davison and John Savadon having a go at each other? Some sparkling dialogue. I think I would have that stayed would have with good. it if that yeah. had happened, yes. Um Next, I put what the hell Nissa with headphones and a Hoover attachment. Yeah, so she's for some reason she's wearing pink furry headphones, mm. um, and yeah, she's she's I don't know I don't know why she was building this in a room other than don't it make some line about that it might damage the console? Yeah, eight yeah. feet will save you, won't it? <laughs> um, yeah, this is my least favorite stuff in the story is Nissa's storyline. If you can. You oh, you can see why she was it. fed up, can't yeah. you? Oh, God, yeah. Dear, oh, dear. Uh, here I've got empty grey cardboard boxes with duct tape on them. Knock a guy out. And it's terrible. They stack all these yep. boxes up and knock a guy out. They are clearly cardboard boxes with duct tape on them. Yeah, and, and also the actors don't put a lot of effort into this, do they? No, no. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> the doctor asks, which is the nearest city? But he knows they're in Heathrow. Yeah. So why is it a, a surprise that the nearest city is London? Well, he is an alien. I mean, he might. <laughs> How many times has he been to the southeast of England? So if we, so I think you should, you should, uh, if if Samuel's in, you should say to him, if you were in Heathrow, what would be the nearest large city? <laughs> I'll ask. Do you think later. he would know? Yeah. I'll ask later. He's upstairs yeah. playing uh, some game with his yeah. mates. So. Um, the next bit, I mean, I had to rewind it and, and watch it this again. Isn't, this isn't the map, is it? No, it's oh, not the map. I no, before that, the map. The, 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 the most, no, the pathetic thing for me is how the Doctor disconnects a control panel by lifting up a piece of vac form set and just picking it up. There's yeah. a control panel underneath a bit of vac form. He just lifts it up and picks it up. And he goes, oh, I've disconnected it. Yeah. No, you didn't. You picked it up because it was underneath a tray, basically. Yeah. But how, oh, do it's you know, terrible. how do you know what alien technology works like? Well, it, well, it, <laughs> he disconnected it by lifting up a tray and yeah. it's just sat on the table. It might be. It might use um, magnetics or something. Oh, like okay. That. All right. I mean, so I'll, I'll, give, would, I'll give it that. In the 1980s, if someone had said you could charge an electronic device by merely placing it on a p- flat panel... Mm. You'd go, ah, where's the wires? Where's the lead? Or it could yeah. be they just didn't have any money or time, which is what the problem was here. Well, let's, let's, let's weigh this up. So what's more likely, that the BBC had no money or time, or that they, the writers were prescient and thinking <laughs> <laughs> Listener, please tell yeah. us. Yes, yeah, vote yeah. A or B. And yes. Yeah, yeah, we have the map as well. Yes. This, I lo- this, is, this is pathetic. Why, because they're back in time, does the TARDIS display a period a medieval map, map. <laughs> what the hell <laughs> yeah oh dear oh dear oh dear um the robot's now in the tardis and is destroyed by nissa's you know yes. what's it her vibrator and gets him doesn't it it does and you know the doctor bemoans it saying what yeah. a magnificent machine um you might think that i certainly yeah. don't who uh who cleared up all the bits do you reckon they made adric do it 
you know it, don't you? You just know it. Do you reckon they? Do you reckon they would have if that scene had been filmed? They would have had a a, a set of space uh, dustpan and brush with like yeah. bits stuck on it. Yeah, I reckon oh. so. Yeah, very much so. Perhaps that's what the vacuum cleaner hose was for. What, for hoovering the yeah, bits up for afterwards? Yeah, the bits up afterwards. All right, then. Okay. Um, Terry arrives in London. Quite a nice glass shot you've got there. Yeah, like oh, nice um, nice glass shot. That was very expensive. Uh, oh, was for it? For the program. Yeah. Right. They use it quite a few times because we see it when the Doctor and the others arrive yeah. as well. Um, and we've got the three Terrys together then, don't we? Yes. Um, Again, I, I just don't like the colour schemes. I know you've got to denote that they are different, but yeah. it's just everything's very plastic, and it, not, none of it looks realistic in the slightest. To if me. you think if you think this looks these look bad in this colour scheme, wait till you see them in uh, Colin Baker's Vengeance on Varos. Oh, see, Vengeance on Varos is one that, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not looking forward to. Um, so, yeah, the Doctor and co, they arrive at the Bakers, um, and we've got a rubbish fight. The Colin Bakers. The Colin Bakers, yeah, it's called Collins, yes. Yeah. Um, they, they they can only waddle, though, the, these yeah, Terries. They're not, they're not very um, mobile, are they? They're not very animate for an animatronic no. creature. The way that they can only waddle and they can't raise their arms it's like in it's a knockout when you had people in yeah. the giant costumes you're That's right. exactly, the when they're running around exactly and they're falling that. over yeah. <laughs> uh, get a clip of it and have Stuart Hall laughing over the top of it or just the theme tune to it's yeah. a knockout over the top yeah yeah and the, it's the doctor isn't it who starts the great fire of he London does, he yeah. drops the torch yeah um, and the fire starts and we have a long prolonged I, I guess it's meant to be disturbing as Terry dies because you have yes. lots of screaming inside well, the mask. Yeah, well, and you've again, got bubbles this, appearing on his face. Yeah, this was quite strong for its day. Hmm. Remember, this was this was shown at like half seven on a yeah. weeknight. This this was quite strong. I remember at the time being. I thought this was. A, I mean, I love. I was very much into my gore, and I thought this was a really good effect. I, I thought this was like. Yeah. Hmm. I liked hmm. it. I don't like the end. I mean, we know what's going on. We know, yeah. you know, the, the the period. We know there's a fire starting in London. It, do you really need to hammer it home by having put in Lane at the very um, end? I think we knew, but I, I imagine a lot of the audience wouldn't. I imagine a lot of kids, if kids watching it now would have no idea. Mm. I don't, I'm not entirely sure they even still teach about the Great Fire of London. Oh, no, at my old school that I used to work yeah. at. Yeah, yeah, every, every year, the year twos um would have a thing about it was amazing they every year the, the the current year twos would have a thing about the great fire of london and they would learn about it and then make bread brilliant because did, that's the thing to teach isn't yeah it, it is <laughs> yeah it was good for something it made bread. is uh, did did they did they teach him about the teraleptal involvement I, see, if I was still working would there, I would go back and, and make some teraleptals and yeah. stick them in their um, you know, artwork that's up on yeah. the wall. That would have been good, wouldn't it? Yeah, put a TARDIS on anything, you'd get away and with it. And a TARDIS, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what was good when I was working at that school is, you know, uh, those kids, you know, little six, seven-year-olds, were deeply into Doctor Who. The yeah. amount of discussions I used to have about Doctor Who, and I just wanted to say, well, you think it's good now. You should have been, you know, back in the 70s, you know? I, 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 it always makes me happy when you see someone that, from the age group it's aimed at, is enjoying it in a in an innocent and non-judgmental yeah. way. Yeah, soon, yeah, yeah. Very soon they'll become a fan and they'll become horrible. <laughs> 
All right. So uh, behind the scenes, um, as you've said, this was the very first Doctor Who script by Eric Saywood. Yep. Um, and as you said as well, he originally created Richard Mace for several radio plays on Radio 4 in the 70s. Yep. Um, in, in those, he's an eccentric actor. But it's all set around about the 1880s, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, it's a bit. A couple of hundred years later, isn't it? Then, yeah, then there's mention of uh, Jack the Ripper in one yeah. of them. Um, I think you know how you were saying that the Doctor was always trying to get Tegan home. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the original draft only had Nissa and Adric in oh, it. Perhaps so he got around. Yeah, so I think Eric was under the assumption that Tegan wasn't going to be in it, yeah. so he only wrote for Nyssa and Adric, and then so, suddenly you've got a third person. Yeah. So I suppose um, all of Tegan's scenes would have been Nyssa's. Yes. Yeah. yeah. How would you have told if she had been taken over in her mind, Dwight? <laughs> and Eric says that when he wrote it, he saw Terry not looking like this at all. He had I it that... No, that the Terry uh, uh, alien would be just an alien head and hands. It, it would be a human body. He would be wearing the period clothes and everything. Yeah. It would just be his head and hands that were alien. Um, in which case, I'm much more interested. If they remade this, or, or with CGI, you could remove the plastic yeah. Terry and put in a more, you know, in keeping to what Eric Which, which again, sort of, it sort of backs up my idea that, that this was done before... This was ready-made for mm. someone. Someone had this in their mind, didn't they? Oh, yes. they want an alien? I've just happened to have one in my shed. Um, <laughs> um, <coughs> yeah, I, I, so it would have been more like the, um, the Hemovores that we get in. You know, yes. We see them in period costume. Yeah, it could have worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, you said earlier, yeah, Michael Robbins is said to have not yes. liked um, doing this role. No. And, and also Eric Saywood was supposed to have not liked his performance but has warmed to it over the years yeah he, he was very um, outspoken that he thought he was miscast and did a terrible job which mm. I, I don't know even if you thought because I can imagine beforehand the, you would have thought like you would have thought that oh god this is going to be awful but then how can anyone watch what he's doing and, and say that's not right I, you could say that he's not playing him how Eric visualised his own character but I'm sorry, that's what happens when you hire an actor. You're yeah, not, you know that. This, this is, this is what I say with Eric Saywood. He's, he sometimes comes across as very naive, but then other times yeah. he says the right thing. It's very weird. Yeah, I mean, regarding you know the the, the acting of Richard Mace, yeah. other actors were considered. Yeah. Um, we've got down here. Um, Ian Bannon was considered. Yeah. Good actor. Uh, Brian Blessed. Oh, that would have been that would have been miscast, I think. Yeah, been too bombastic, yes, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, John Carson, I think, would have been good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <coughs> Frank Finley, he would have been great. I doubt they could have afforded him. No, Ronald Fraser. I can't see Ronald no, Fraser. No, I'm not a great fan of Ronald Fraser's style. Of Get this one though. I'd like to have seen this. Uh, Donald Pleasance. Yeah. Again, would they wouldn't have been able to afford him? No, no. Um, uh, what else is there here? Um, yeah, Eric Saywood, apparently the name Terraleptal are a mixture of the words territorial or Terry something and reptiles. Yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah, all the London scenes were filmed at Ealing Studios because they were using fire. Yeah, and you could tell because they're suddenly on film. It is, yes. Um, other media. Yes, there is an Eagle Moss figure. 
Do yes. you own the Eagle Moss uh, figure? I don't know. I, I, I think I, I was bidding on it on eBay at one point, and then I didn't win it, and I never got back to, to doing it. Uh, it's not the greatest of figures. I think it could do with a repaint. Yes, yeah, I think a repaint you know, would benefit. I just make it look a bit more realistic yeah. than what we saw on screen. Um, in the Pandorica Opens, uh, the Terraleptals were among the races who joined the Alliance. Yes. Uh, above Stonehenge in that story. We don't story. see any, though. We don't see them, no. Um, in an audio story called The Dollhouse um, in the 70s, Torchwood Los Angeles successfully dealt with a Terraleptal spaceship. Okay, and in a book called The Dark Path, uh, the Adjudicator Terrell and the Master destroy the Terraleptal homeworld using the Dark Heart device. That sounds horribly like fan wank. Yep, does. And uh, another book, at some point in the history, the Terraleptals went to war with the Torodon. Do you know who the Torodon are? Torodon, no. Don't ring a bell. Nope. No um, in Hopefully they're as slow moving, otherwise that would win a one-sided war. Yes. <laughs> uh, the time of the Doctor. The Terraleptals were present during the Siege of Trenzalore. Yeah, again, we don't see it. <laughs> we don't see that, but apparently they are there, yes. Um, and we've mentioned this story before called Time and Time Again, this alternate timeline one yeah, where the Doctor never la- leaves Gallifrey. Um, the Terraleptals were one of the many aliens that invaded Earth and were trying to rest Earth from the Silurians yeah. and the Sea Devils. I'm amazed that the Terraleptals haven't come back in New Who. Because that would be quite good because they would they probably would improve the design. Mm. I think it would be more like the Silurians when they came back. Which I thought was a worse design for the Silurians but would have been a great design for the Terraleptals. Yeah, yeah. Um, they make another appearance in Time Flight. Uh, Tegan and Nyssa saw a hallucination of yeah. a Terraleptal projected um, yeah, we've a got book. a costume here, let's just bring it yes. And then in Chaos, a book called Chaos, the Sixth Doctor had a nightmare in which he and Tegan visited Raga and helped Terraleptal slaves construct a time corridor. Oh. All right. And then in an audio drama... even more fan-wank. How many more <laughs> references can you get into that? Well, we've got, we've got audio fan-wank, maybe. The God. Seventh Doctor had a Terraleptal sculpture in his TARDIS art gallery. Good for him. Mm. <laughs> no, I've got nothing to say on that one. You haven't, have you? No. All right, so here we go. This is the crunch. Here we go, here we go. Right, you and I have disagreed a few times this evening on this. So, Terry Leptil, yep. right? What would you give Terry Leptil as a mark for its design out of ten? Um, I wish we could separate the head from the body, because you're right, the body and the feet are not great. Um, I... I, I do like the design. I'm going to go a six on it. And this six. is design, not how it appears on. No, ju- it moves, just design. the design. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go six. Okay. I gave it a three. Ooh, cruel. Okay. So Which what's gives that? It... Is that the lowest score you've given anyone? Um, no, no, I've given lower for the axon humans. Oh right. Oh, phew, that's something. Yeah. So it so, could look like that, couldn't it? Could have, they could have put a wig on it? A wig. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> yeah, a golden wig on Terry Leptil. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I give it a three, you give it a six. That's four and a half, right? Which makes him second from the bottom. You've got, uh, at five, you've got the abominable Yeti, yeah. then Terry, then the Axon Human at two. Oh, see, that right? upsets me a bit that he's got below the Axon Human. But, yeah, well, we can't argue with the scoring. 
where does he sit in the next bit? Because now we've got effectiveness. <sighs> All right. And it, um, this is a, such a difficult one because because I can't. I mean, when when I had this on, Anne wandered in when he was on screen, and she went, "That's awful." <laughs> so <laughs> I I agree that it the animatronics just are not up to the task, and the the body and the movement is not great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have, to, I'm gonna have to go a four, I think. A four. Yeah. Well, I gave it a one. Wow. All right. Which gives it a two point five, which again puts him between the abominable yeti and the axon human. Yep. All right. Now, if I add that to that. And then divide by two. That Riveting gives him podcasting, an, guys. Yes, <laughs> I was quite quick. Yeah. It gives him an adversary rating of three and a half, right? Yep. Which again up. puts him between the abominable yeti and the yeah. axon human. So uh, for, for yeah. all three categories, this is a, a, a rarity. We have never had it before, where where one of our characters stays in the same yeah. place in all three categories. But yeah, second to bottom in every category. I think I mean I, I respect your your choices. I do think <coughs> he's if you were showing if you had to show your arm something, she goes, What are you what are you doing, Eric? And uh, you go, I'm just watching teleport. Would you rather show a, a scene with Terry in or a scene with the Axon fellow in? I don't know, in, in some ways it would be the Axon. Would you? Because oh, you God. yeah, yeah, because you haven't got the waddling. And you haven't got the uh, the colour scheme, and you haven't got the terrible lips, you know. And you've got a man in a leotard with a wig on his head and ping pong ball And ping ball pong eyes. ball eyes, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. Uh, so yeah, three and a half. All right. Um, now another thing we do before we finish is the Earth date. Well, this is this we? is pinned down to the day. Absolutely, I was yeah, going to say for the very that, first. This is our time. fixed point. This is. We have a fixed point of yeah. 1666 London. Well, Heathrow yep. and London, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's our earliest Earth date so far is with Brilliant. the Fifth Doctor. And okay. it's also um, it's yeah, one of the few that we're going to get that's actually, you know, it's, co- it's corroborated on screen as to when yep. it is. Yeah, there's no, there's no denying this one, no, is there? No. no. Okay. Well, just before we go, we have our very first shout-out. Oh, Nice. Okay. Five episodes in. When Five did we get our first in? shout out in Blake Seven? Oh, about ten yeah. or something like so that. We're, yeah. Are we improving? Yeah. We are improving. Yes, it's come from iTunes. Oh. And a, a guy by the name of Tartan Jeff. Tartan Jeff. Do you think that's his actual name or a description of him? No, I think his name's Jeff Tartan. Oh. Yeah. Scottish Jeff. Scottish Jeff, yeah. And he's given us five stars, which oh, nice really man. is good because they don't just start displaying star ratings on a on a podcast show until you've had, like, five. So right. thank you, Tartan Jeff. You've started us off with five, five out of five, which is really yes, good. thank you very much. Um, and I'll read this to you because you don't know this, do you? No, I, I, don't, um, I have no, no knowledge of any of this. Site. Here we go. This is what Tartan Jeff says. Um, talking about the enemies... We we do not know whether he, he is actually true, Scottish, though. True. That's hugely presumptuous. Right, talking about the enemies, aliens, monsters in Who, one at a time is a pretty novel idea, and the two hosts love the show, make it a thoroughly entertaining listen. And randomly doing it instead of the usual big hitters first makes this a must-listen for Who fans. Oh, that's very nice. 
yeah, thank thank you, Tartan Jeff. Stay tuned. We've got yeah. loads more to come. And that um, was that was something we learned rapidly on on Blake Seven in character, wasn't it? That that don't put all your big hitters in at the beginning. No, because it will just peter here. out, yeah. won't it? Yes. I don't know if we've actually mentioned this and, and said this to the listener, but um, yeah, we're going right up until the 13th, Doctor. But before we reset and go back to one, we will be doing specials yes. on the big hitters or characters or alien species or whatever that feature in more than one Doctor's yeah. timeline. Doctor creatures. And we already know what the first one is, but we're not going to tell you yet because we're teases, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, have so, some sort of element of surprise. We well, here we go. There element we go, of yes. surprise. I'm just about to announce who we're going to be this talking is, about I've, for the sixth Doctor. Yeah, I've been thinking about this because, yeah, I don't know what, who you're going to go for. Have you worked out yet whether, when it comes back round, will we be doing the alternate Doctors? To yes. What we've so, done? so, so, so when we go like back that? round, I'll um, when we reset again, I'll be doing the first doctor oh, and you'll excellent. be doing the second so That's so yeah each time each yeah. time we go we're, we're taking it in turn so i'm the first person yep. to choose a six yes. next time around yes. you'll be choosing a six um, okay I so i hope yeah. i hope this choice that i'm just about to announce isn't one that you thought oh i could do that all right well if it is you've already done it because yes there you go <laughs> um, we'll be talking about it so yeah, my choice for the sixth Doctor's first adversary, yeah. and I've chosen this one because I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this adversary. And the adversary is Sill. Oh, wow! All right, excellent. It's funny you mentioned Vengeance on Varos just yeah. earlier. You know, so yeah, um, we haven't really talked about an individual character. I know we had the K1 robot. That's true, actually. Yeah, but he was not, a robot. Yeah. This, but this is our first actual character rather than a race yeah. or whatever okay? yeah sail rather than a forest beaten yes yeah so all right so oh i look forward to that yeah you've got to dig out your have vengeance you... and varos and trial of a time lord yeah. have you got them yes all right yeah i it, it is very weird if you looked at my dvd collection you know you, you know first doctor got got quite a few second as many as yeah. you can possibly get. Third, I'm missing some. Fourth, I'm missing some. Fifth, I don't have many. I've got more... I, actually, I think I've got more Sixth Doctor stories than I've got Fifth Doctor stories and Seventh Doctor stories. That tells you how my views are yeah, of some of the Doctors, all right? So, yeah, yeah, I don't have to go out and get this one. I've already got this one, Excellent. okay? I do... I, I really enjoyed the fact that you, you went off your notes. I think any time you get to a story you haven't seen, you should do that. Write mm. your initial thoughts down because that was really. Yeah. I think that was really good. I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed. Thank, th- yeah. thank you for choosing the visitation. Um, yeah. You know, um, it's a. As I say, it's like a lost story to me, and it was a very pleasant surprise. I, I, I was pleasantly surprised by Arthur, yeah, and pleasantly surprised by Peter. Both of them, um, you know, I, I had preconceived ideas of what they would be like, and and very very pleased to find my, 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 my fears were unfounded. Unfortunately, Terry... You know. See, that, so I, I sort of... I thought the other way around. I thought... Because you're a great connoisseur of the, you know, Paul Bladestool-style mm-hmm. monster-in-a-suit type thing. And I thought this will be right up your alley as far as... as you'll, you'll like the monster. But no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad... I'm glad... I mean, everyone should like uh, Richard Mace. If you don't like Richard Mace, you're either Eric Sayward or... You, you're, you're an idiot, possibly does. Mm. Um, but I'm glad you like Peter Davison. That sort of 
you know you know when you you like a film and your partner finally watches it and they like it and you get a little glow because it vindicates you as a human being yes so yeah. i think you've vindicated me as a human being <laughs> by, <laughs> by not finding peter davison entirely repulsive no, 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 and and that's good because in in the future when you know you will be announcing ones that I haven't yep. got, I'm 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 going to feel better about having to go on Amazon and yeah. getting it. You know, I'll, ju- I'll try not to get any real stinkers for you. It'll be interesting well, to see because um, because I know you know my thoughts on Colin Baker and the Six Doctor, I should say, because I know your thoughts on Colin Baker as well, but I don't know your thoughts on the Six Doctor particularly. So this will be an mm. interesting one as well. Yeah. All right. Well, to be continued yeah. next week. Excellent. Be- because, yes, because of the current situation in the world and everything, you and I are striving to get as much content yes. out as, as quickly as possible. So yes, we're, we're pretty try- much... Yeah, we're trying to, to get them out. I mean, it might not continue because a lot of... I mean, I, I don't know whether people realise that you, you pay for the recording on this and they mm. give you a certain amount of recording each month. Yes. Um, so, so, yeah... It, Depending on uh, how long we waffle, is how many we can do. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah there, there is that limitation yes. because we have the yeah. other two uh, shows to do as well. But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no, we should be along next week. So uh, yeah, join us then, dear listener. Okay. Yes, yes. C- come into the arms of Colin. Come into the arms of Colin. Yes, we should have that on a T-shirt. Yeah. Yes, and have our photo taken with him. Yes, I've as he's in our, as we're in his arms. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I like Colin. Yeah, we love him. All right, okay, see you next time, Ian. Nice one. Thanks, Anna. All right, cheers, Ian. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.